0: Aloha and welcome. You're listening to Soul Dancer, the author of Pay Me What I'm Worth and your host for this show. I look forward to diving into yet another show where we explore the many different facets of worth. I highly encourage you to also remember there are tons of on-demand shows. All you need to do is click to blogtalkradio.com forward slash What. I am worth and listen to the on demand shows We've got over four years worth of shows now stacked up for your enjoyment and now let's dive into our next show.
1: So once again, we got a packed show. I know I'm thankful for all the folks listening in lately, and please know that without your comments and your feedback and your support, what's the purpose of this show? So thank you for listening in to our newest listeners, Secure your life. We have uh, Michelle Gutenberger. Of course, my favorite friend, Gary. I'm, I'm sure he'll be back a little bit later on today. Pam Hewer, thanks for stopping by. Pat Hastings and the oh, the Best People We Know show. If you haven't visited that site, I highly recommend you do so. All right, let's dive into this show today. We've got some really controversial stuff. And I say this because over the past four years, as I've done seminars and retreats on this, this, this show raises out, uh, this topic raises eyebrows every time. It's the last chapter in the book of Painting What I'm Worth, and it was actually the first chapter that I wrote, and it deals with gratitude, genuine gratitude. And I put the call out for folks who have really done their work around gratitude and are known around the world for their extraordinary work in being of service. and our first guest today is one person who was a, who was a wise man, wise man, Craig Sim Webb. He had a wake-up call once upon a time back when, and he chose to listen to that wake-up call, and he'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a second. But before we dive in, Craig, welcome to the
2: show. Hey, thanks for having me on, Soul Dancer. I'm glad to be here. I guess I'm grateful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am very grateful. I mean, when I look at your website, and by the way, please make sure you download the program guide, ladies and gentlemen, so that you get to see what Craig is up to, directly access his site, get to his phone number. Craig, I'm grateful for you here in a number of ways. One, you you might not have been. There was an accident that happened that could have put you into a different plane. And the second is with your travel schedule, your speaking schedule, you're very well-known around the world for your work. Thank you for taking the time to come on board today and help us dive into these these topics of manipulative gratitude.
2: Well, I think we got a mutual win-win here, so it goes well. I should share with you I'm grateful why, because one of the nicest things when, I guess, receiving or in this case sharing gratitude is when we really know what the person means specifically like how our actions touch their life in terms of a direct need that it met and in this case i'm grateful because a lot of knowledge or experiences around this topic and a few others that kind of live within me a bit like gifts from the universe that like maybe a tree's fruit or something really want to be given away and And when you offer me a chance to share with the public some of the gifts, I guess, through the interview, then it meets my deepest need to serve and kind of bear fruit and give away some of what's been given to me. Mm, I love it. Well, I so enjoyed your your
1: picture that you shared for the program, guys. I adore the ocean. Living on the Big Island of Hawaii, I do my best to get down and give, give thanks daily, daily for that. In fact, this morning, one of the largest sea turtles I've ever witnessed in my life popped its head up. Look me right in the eyes. I didn't know any better. You have human traits to it. It's like big old smile. It's
2: like oh, what a way to start the day. (laughs) Beautiful. That's a good feeling. So,
1: to me, the magic of gratitude just continues to expand. And what I've noticed over the years in my own life, the reason why I wrote this chapter the way I did is I was born and raised in a home where I thought I was being grateful. When in all actuality, I was being extraordinarily manipulative. And it wasn't until my eldest sister kind of pointed a few key things out as to how the house was run, I was clueless. I was absolutely clueless. I could not understand why people kept an arm's length distance from me when I'm practicing what I thought was gratitude. Well, when my sister now keep in mind, I'm the youngest of nine, so there's a lot of age difference between yeah, myself right. and my eldest sister, Patty. She's like, so let me let me just turn your head a little bit and let me show you what you were doing in a different taste. And when she did, I cried. I absolutely cried. I had no idea. I was such a manipulative little. Needless to say, it's a topic near and dear to my heart.
2: <laughs> yeah, sounds like it's really coming from your personal experience.
1: I'm curious. I know in my own life, when I began to see from that perspective that my sister gave me around manipulation, I could see how, for lack of better words, the old saying, no good deed goes unpunished. I could see how while I was trying to be grateful for someone, I could see how I had strings attached to literally everything I was being grateful for. I expected something from someone. I wouldn't tell them that I expected that from them, but they could tell that I was expecting something from them. I I had terms and conditions around my gratitude that I was only going to be grateful if that person was X, Y, and Z with me. And I realized what a sad state of affairs. I never let that person get to be who they really were.
2: Well, when I hear you speak, at first I felt a little kind of confusion or sadness even because the word manipulative point towards or it actually might even draw our attention away from what i guarantee were your beautiful intentions behind whatever you were sharing and how you were sharing it too because in my cosmology i guess every single action that any human has ever done is doing or will do comes uh, at the origin at least it originates with a true beautiful keywords true and beautiful like a genuine innocent need and then many times the actual strategies or the way that we try to meet that true beautiful need end up not meeting other needs Uh, so it might not always be effective and it might be painful for people etc or it may cause disconnection and all kinds of other things but at the baseline it was coming from a pure place and when we have certain language structures or ways of thinking that don't connect or, or don't kind of honor that true place that it comes from first before we kind of correct and fix the behavior, then I think we lose some of that rich connection or some of the joy that, that could be grown there otherwise. You know, almost like uh, there's no point trying to learn calculus until we sort of appreciate the elementary children's uh, beautiful drawings and things. So you probably could use some work if they're going to be an artist, but we don't tell them that in grade school. So appreciation of what's the beauty <laughs> and then adjustment of the behavior, something like that. So I heard that a little when uh, you said that phrase, manipulative, because it kind of pulls away from... I'm guessing. Tell me if I'm wrong. Probably your intentions were something along the lines of you were hoping for more connection when you were, I guess, speaking. Do you have an example of one of the times when uh, when you would have, I guess, done what your sister was labeling as manipulative? One of the things that I have found
1: in my own day-to-day living is if I'm sensing from someone there's a string attached to their gratitude. In other words, someone's buttering me up. Somebody's, oh, my God, soul, thank goodness you're in my life and you coached me for this and I couldn't have done it without you and blah, 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 blah. And then later on down the line I find out that they either want me to reduce my services and fees or they want to give a friend a break on my end or there's something they're buttering me up for. That wasn't gratitude. That was manipulation. And I have no problems with manipulation because – Quite frankly, as a coach, as a spiritual guide, as a shaman and a monk, people hire me, they pay me to manipulate them. They want to do something different in their life, and I'm very clear when I am in the process of manipulating them. I don't think manipulation is a bad word. Chiropractors are doing it all the time. So what I'm trying to get across in as far as listeners hearing you and trying to connect with you on a personal level as an expert within the communications field where do you find your ability to your radar out there as to what a person is being what you sense to be grateful where do you have that discernment as to or what types of tools do you use to discern if a person's being genuinely grateful or if they're just simply trying to manipulate you into doing something or being someone for them
2: Oh, That's a good question, too, and it sounds like it's really important to you because you've lived so much. I also want to acknowledge your beautiful authenticity for just telling your story humbly and just making uh, your lessons available to everybody as you learn them or maybe i have learned them. I guess the, the word doesn't really matter, but if manipulative as a word kind of points towards somebody doing something wrong, or takes my attention away from anything but what would be a beautiful reason behind why they're saying whatever they're saying or doing then that's where i would catch myself right away because i'll get kind of a tightness a coldness a hardness in my stomach and i'll just know that it's actually Uh not something they've done i've focused my attention on their thoughts or what they think of me or some kind of image or shadow that they're doing something to me when in reality i have free choice to respond however i like but if I get the tightness, then I'll just realize, oh, I don't see their beautiful needs. So maybe they have a need for, I don't know, let's say it's money they're trying to gain, financial security or more freedom uh, in their life or something. I don't necessarily have to open up wide and give them the money. But if I put my attention on the lead need, at least I don't think I'm compounding the problem by kind of adding to the, the projection and creating a disconnection with them, et cetera. So probably I'll just kind of mention their need and try to guess at it and say, oh, When you share, let's say somebody asks me to reduce my fees or something like that, I'll say, when I share that, I guess it's really important for you to make sure you get the most effective or powerful services uh, at a good price because you have lots of other things that you you like to do and enjoy and have freedom to do something along those lines. And if I don't get it, they'll say, well, that's not it. No, I just think you charge too much or whatever their answer is. (laughs) At least we'll come closer to the heart. I love honesty.
1: (laughs) Okay. So you're telling me you you feel a physical sensation. There's a tightening, there's a coldness within you that you get in touch with and you listen to that.
2: Yeah, sometimes I won't have the coldness, but I'll sense that they feel a little tense because in their heart, they most people know that they might not be in connection with all their needs when they're doing what you're sort of labeling as manipulative. That means they probably aren't interested in sort of the goose. They're more interested in the golden egg. Uh, in the kind uh, of old nursery, they, if they get the, yes. the sale or if they make the deal now, they might lo- They don't really realize they'll lose the relationship later, <laughs> which I don't think is wrong necessarily. We learn, but the, it doesn't meet their need in the long term. You. Know? Very true. So I'll well, put my so attention there and maybe mention it, and hopefully it goes better. And if it doesn't, well, there's lots of fish in the sea. You know?
1: mm-hmm. And you did it in a graceful way. That's something that I am finding more and more people in the West, anyway, I'm noticing how the concept of grace seems rusty, and I've noticed that when I'm graceful with other people, sometimes it's seen as being diminutive or or somehow less than the full person. And it's like, well, I'll try being graceful sometime. But <laughs> which gets us into what I adore, and that is gratitude and and the concept of. Being grateful for me, literally, is being mindful of the fact I'm being given something that has no strings attached to it other than the notion that just being aware of the fact that it's being given to me. Living in paradise, it's impossible for me not to be grateful every single day as I get out and about. Your uh, birth into a heightened sense of grace and gratitude. Can you share that story? Is there one particular moment in your life where, you recognize just how powerful gratitude
2: is i'm not sure if you're referring to my original kind of opening that started my whole life career and spiritual path or the moments where i actually really focused more on communications and, and sort of getting to the heart of uh, a richer connection with people cuz they're actually different moments uh, They're probably connect well, let's have but both the,
1: let's have both we both. got we got time hey, we, we got lots of
2: time all right <laughs> Well, I guess the first one, in a nutshell, is uh, I had a powerful near-drowning. I was a good little scientist and physicist kind of doing my objective world-provable thing. And then I got stuck under a whitewater raft without uh, much air. I didn't grab a breath before I kind of flipped out. In a short amount of time, uh, all of a sudden, the fight-and-flight response, I guess, under the boat kind of died down with no air. And I had this rich, single thought kind of take over my whole awareness. I remember it now it's very surprising even and i felt good and free all of a sudden and i said wow i think i'm dying but this is good <laughs> so I, I was kind of in this whole open expansive space and uh, kind of swirling around in the cold water but there i was in kind of a new state which you know surprised me in the moment and even later as i reflect actually it's a little less surprised now because i sort of have visited uh, beyond the physical realm a few times and i realized it is pretty cool but that was the first dip into more than just the water there. And when I came out, I got, kind of got back on the raft, I guess, and rafted the rest of the day without, you know, throwing up too much water or anything. I, I didn't come really close uh-huh. to death. But I did start remembering up to about ten dreams a day, like pretty shortly after that, and having lucid dreams, uh, for the listeners who don't know, being able to be conscious and sort of aware during my dreams while I'm sleeping. Another strange experience is it blew away my whole worldview. <laughs> I had to start doing some uh, recalculations and uh, openings and and shift my identity quite a bit, too. So I say I'm happily kind of a recovering thinkaholic. (laughs) (laughs) And it's stuck in the mind and the logic. And I don't think it's terrible, but only as one of the tools. And now I've kind of expanded beyond just that subset. But I still include it because it's good to have discrimination. And I guess kind of jump to the second part of your question in the story. Somewhere around about the I guess the turn of the millennium, I had a powerful relationship break Uh, with someone I was really close, and I guess we were both really close, and there weren't any real reasons other than, I guess, we were just fighting it out, like many couples, I guess, do, to breaking up, and so it felt just really sad. I thought, why did two pretty true, genuine, authentic people with good intentions and everything end up in such a mess and breaking up when so much better options must be available? I sensed they were available. And I think I just started. Actually, this is an actual thing I did. It wasn't just a thought. I started interviewing people in my life to, with the question of how do people get along better? <laughs> it kind of motivated mm. me to get an answer. And you know, when you start asking the right questions, the universe answers. Sometimes it answers as people telling you. But in this case, I had a series of three dreams that guided me to work with Marshall Rosenberg and a whole path in nonviolent communication and, and some other communications experts that. I think really answered my most important question for all my speaking career about gratitude, which sort of started the, the career path. And, and uh, that whole process that I was learning and, and still am uh, answered an important question. Because at the start, for me, I would receive a lot of kudos or I guess people coming up after uh, my talks or presentations. And they'd say usually something good. If they said something bad, it was actually a lot easier. But if they gave me lots of quote unquote gratitude, Or appreciation I'd have a hard time handling it because if I just sort of took it too much to my ego or something I didn't feel too good about that because later then I was sad if I didn't get it or maybe I got too big an opinion of myself but if I sort of blew them off and didn't really celebrate fully what they were sharing which I didn't know how to do at the time then I felt sad that I didn't really receive that beautiful gift they were giving so that whole path actually led me to to find the middle ground and how to receive that really gracefully like you said
1: Mm, So
2: it's it's that constant
1: state of allowing, what I'm hearing you say, is that constant polishing, that constant awareness that there's a treasure always to be found in something, and
2: where am I on my my desire to go on a treasure hunt? Did I hear that correctly? That's great. I like how you phrase it, too. I mean, the treasure in this case, I sort of pointed to it with a word before, but the words don't always work for everybody. I said the word need. Some people don't like it because they don't think of needs as beautiful. They think of them as something they don't want to be. They don't want to be needy. (laughs) However, Mm -hmm. when I say need, I mean kind of uh, authentic and very universal, like everybody has about about 15 needs on Earth. Everybody has the same ones. And it's always innocent. It comes from a beautiful place. Something as simple as the need for connection is a big one, or the need for you, for authenticity. I think when you want somebody to share with you about the... Let's say you mentioned before they're asking for a, a cheaper rate or something. You'd love to have the truth and the honesty and the authenticity there, and then you can discuss it openly so that you're not kind of uh, going without all the info. You like the openness and honesty. And the the needs are the beautiful treasures that uh, I think can be found in every human interaction. We, just, we have lots of trends and lots of pretty deep habits, and I'm still caught by many of them in our society where we put on the masks of people, usually from pain in younger years, from what I call sort of emotional genetics that are passed along by our parents, belief systems, and, and ways of thinking and feeling that aren't the, the most optimal, and that we just don't see that treasure in the beautiful part of everybody every time when the action is there. We just think of it in a wrong way, and as soon as the wrongness gets on there, we add judgment and disconnection and separateness, mm-hmm. and the treasures are well buried mm-hmm. by that point, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I'm chuckling here. (laughs) It sounds familiar. uh, It it sounds familiar, and what's hilarious, Craig, is I realize that maybe only one or two people listening to this show, especially who are downloading and listening after, there may be maybe only one person left in the world who applies judgment to other people. So, you know, in case that strikes a nerve with you, my apologies, but... um,
2: (laughs) Hey, I All think right, no. uh, it's not even the other people that are so terrible. It's when we like beat the cr- crumb out of ourselves, <laughs> our oh, inner critic, uh, and yes. the other person just is a lucky recipient once in a while. But imagine uh, kind of get a laugh out of it when I somebody's saying something pretty harsh to me. When I kind of go inside and connect empathically with what their true reason is and why they might be speaking strongly, and then I get a bit of a laugh, knowing that in another quieter moment they talk to themselves even worse. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. But I don't laugh oh, at them. Yeah. I sort of just lighten myself yeah. so I can connect with them.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you're reading my mind because I wanted to segue into can you share with our listeners what are some of the practical day to day things that you have adopted in your life to help you continue to to expand your ability to be grateful?
2: Well, first off, I think it's at least a double edged, maybe a multi edged winning sword. uh... one is that obviously the law of attraction is always working for people who know the phrase or the secret movie or that kind of thing so as we put our attention on the feelings and uh, i guess the things also that are connected with them we usually attract more of that feeling in the future maybe even in the past for those people who can shift their past which is an interesting technique kind of outside of the show here but as we focus on the feelings and the things we bring more of them in just by that focus Kind of the self-fulfilling prophecy idea, and the other big thing is we distract ourselves from, you know, some of our worries, concerns, or victimizations or pain, etc. Sometimes we need the empathy to get past it, but uh, many times we're just kind of in a dry run or a mental habit of fixing, criticizing ourselves, or Focusing on the problem, you know, my Western minditis the the think of that I used to be, always <laughs> wants to fix things and solve problems, which is great, but not when it comes to relationships. <laughs> I don't want no, to fix no. people, you know. If anything, I'll fix myself. But the approach is more empathy, just kind of hear the true reason why they're acting, and as soon as you do that, the the treasures discovered. Both people sit there in awe at the beauty of it, and then it's usually pretty quick where you can meet everybody's needs once the needs are on the table or once. Once to see what the true authentic reasons why they're acting is usually pretty easy but they're usually covered a little bit so i've learned uh specific ways to kind of address i guess needs in tough scenarios that's been really helpful in business you know it's not always obvious because you don't want to be a wide open book in some business scenarios but you do want things to go well and have everybody's needs met the win-win situation it's an art definitely one i'm still learning <laughs> <laughs>
1: So recapping, if I'm hearing you correctly, even though you use the words we, some of the things that you do on a daily basis is just, first off, being aware that what you think about you give life to. So what you say, what you do, what you repeat, you actually are like a watering can on these cosmic seeds. You're watering them to grow. So you're being quite mindful of the fact that if you're, thinking about something or saying something, it darn well better be what you really want in your life, not what you do not want. Did I hear that correctly?
2: Yeah, great. Great. And also um, I've am i been blessed I guess, maybe blessed by the challenges and what I call Tor mentors because we have different kinds of teachers. We have mentors and we have Tor mentors <laughs> and usually the oh. second time teach us more quickly. So I've had some Tor mentors who've sort of helped me reflect that I'm often very tough on myself, and you know, looking for what to fix first. So that's another question, or kind of an inside version of focusing on what I don't want. So, kind of being easier on myself, a little more empathic, kind of just relaxing, a little more patient. And then once I've given myself space and kind of understood my reasons for doing something, I had pain, or I was sad, or I was scared, or whatever the reasons were in the feeling. Then I offer myself some ideas. Usually at the end of the day, I do a little gratitude practice. So, how I could do it better next time rather than beating myself up because I didn't say it in the right way the first time. Hey, I'm allowed to learn. <laughs> Give myself yes. a little more space than I used to. Yeah, I
1: love that last part. I'm allowed to learn. That should be a bumper sticker. Hello? I'm hey, you can to take learn. it away.
2: Soul Dancer bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm allowed to Pardon. learn love and live out loud or something.
1: Yeah, I mean, all right, ladies and gentlemen, get out that pen, get out that magic marker, get out a big sheet of paper. I'm allowed to learn. How many sheets do you need to post around the house right now?
2: <laughs> yeah, and bless my journey oh. as it unfolds. Don't have to be a, a baked cake before I put the ingredients in. Very true.
1: Very yeah. true, Craig. You, you, this is all. Awesome. Uh, I'm sorry, yummy. You talked about cake. i got to throw the word yummy in there. This uh, is all really good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I I know that folks will want to get back in touch with you, and, of course, your information is in the program, Guy, but I bet you have a couple of things you want to announce that are upcoming that we should be aware of.
2: Yeah, well, uh, first off, just anybody who wants to follow up a little more about all of the dreams information, uh, how to connect with, basically your own daily compass that could guide you on your journey with uh, one of the tools, anyways, that can guide you on a journey, like an inner GPS. Uh, I created the nonprofit Dreams Foundation, and there's lots of free info online at dreams.ca. So people, please read that through, and there's great techniques on there, how to work with nightmares, because a lot of people, a lot of the gratitude questions and the places where we don't connect with others actually show up as nightmares in our psyche. So if you get the warning light, if you get kind of like the oil light on your inner car, then you usually don't have an engine meltdown in the relationship in 100 miles. <laughs> so so the <laughs> dreams come to kind of give us a little warning before the breakdowns or the, the breakups. Uh, so check that out at dreams.ca. And uh, if anybody wants to go deeper there, there's some teleclasses. So even folks in Hawaii, like you, or, or people at the distance can join, and, and they have tremendous, tremendous breakthroughs. Uh, Sort of a path I was called to to help people connect to their source, and I'm still learning, but uh, I seem to have a bit of a knack for that. So mm-hmm. the other thing I wanted to share was uh, appreciation for all the listeners, maybe just even enjoying some of my jokes, which always feels good. But today, take to to heart some of the ideas that I guess myself and some of the other guests share. I'm actually, honestly, this is very genuine. I'm really truly grateful because then my outer world becomes a little more peaceful, a little more authentic, a little more enjoyable to live in, so in a very big roundabout way, I'm really grateful that the listeners are on the show.
1: Mm, me as well, me as well.
2: I I so enjoy
1: the notion that we can be live and we can be recorded at the same time. Well, all right, Craig, if you could just imagine a monk standing before you, bowing with a wonderful, grateful smile on their face and twinkle in their eye, face all wrinkled up in smiles, that would be me?
2: Oh, I think I'm having a vision here.
1: And I look forward to reconnecting with you again.
2: All right. Well, thanks for the airtime, and uh, thanks for a good laugh or two of yourself. Keep up the great cool okay. work.
1: Okay. Mahalo. Bye for now.
2: Mahalo. All right. Well, before we dive into our next
1: guest, gratitude, manipulation. One of the things that we talk about in Chapter 10 of Maybe What I'm Worth is this imbalance between giving and receiving. And I've often asked people, if you score yourself on, a say, a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a suck at it, 10 being you are the king or queen of it, what would you rank yourself as far as giving and receiving? How would you rank your all, we'll look at giving? Would you rank yourself as a king or queen on giving? I mean, you give and, give and give and give and give and give and give and give. You are happy to be able to be of service. You find a great joy in that. Or do you have a difficult time in giving? Would you rank yourself a little bit lower there? And more often than not, folks generally do rank themselves fairly high with giving, and most people do want to be of service. We have, for some strange reason, pounded it into our heads that it's better to give than receive. And I've asked people over the years to take another look at that old saying, it's better to give than receive, because quite honestly, when it comes to breathing, you can only breathe in as much air as you can breathe out. There's a balance there. And I've asked people with painting what I'm worth to look at, what their balance is between giving and receiving. The more you can receive, the more you can give. So when it comes to ranking yourself on receiving, I know myself, I very much struggled with receiving early on, especially as I started down the path of being a shaman. People giving me comments about what I do and what has happened for them in their life, I thought I struggled with receiving like Craig was saying earlier. I just kind of really struggled with taking that in. And then I realized I was not being kind to them. I was not allowing myself to fully receive. So with that in mind, I'm going to ask you now to start thinking about receiving, and we're going to bring on the line our next guest expert. I so enjoyed what Harlan wrote in one of the responses to my interview questions about being on the show. But the question was, how do you know if someone's offering you gratitude or if they're simply trying to manipulate you? And his response won him a a callback. And, Colin, you thought of you always assume that people are sincere until they start showing something otherwise. How delightful, refreshing. You don't prejudge someone to be guilty right off the bat, and therefore you are more likely to be open to receiving from them. That's phenomenal. Welcome to the show.
3: Well, glad to be here,
1: Saul. Can you remember upon a time, maybe one of your first recollections, when you really found yourself manipulated? You knew you were manipulated, and maybe you were happy or unhappy about it, but can can you recall a moment in your life where you really for possibly the first time felt manipulated?
3: Well, of course. I kind of agree with you on the word manipulation. It's not necessarily negative. I'm trying to think that it was probably as a youth, and I'm not sure about how old I was or such, but I said, you know what? I think I'm getting the raw end of this deal. And Uh it just didn't feel good. Today I would say I didn't like the body language or the tonage that I was hearing, but I felt that I was not going to get the good deal, the good end of this particular deal. And so uh, I wasn't real happy with that.
1: So it triggered in you some core feelings. I think that's what I'm trying to bring out on this show mm-hmm. is to, to, to get away from listening to that chatter in our head to listening to that wisdom in our stomach, our gut wisdom. And, and you really began to listen to that gut wisdom there
3: we have an intuitiveness in it and we could get into that but basically we've got a part of our brain that is always watching out for us it's this fight flight that comes along and that part of our brain is always looking at body language and it's looking at people and it's looking at the situation and it's saying is this safe or is this not so safe for us and if we listen to that that intuitiveness it will tell us there's just not something right about what that person has said or what they're doing That's a flag, and you feel that. You feel that in your stomach. I I was listening a little bit about Craig. He said he felt it in his stomach. I tend to feel it in my body. I feel a tenseness, and I say, hmm, something's not right, or something's not 100% here. We need to listen to that because that's our first sign that we may be in that manipulative situation.
1: Mm -hmm. Good. So being reflective, I'm hearing you're saying being reflective and being open to that. Good, mm-hmm. good. Now, I know with the, as I was reviewing your site, and once again, I'm reminding our gentle listeners, please do remember to download that program guide. There's a lot of great details in there, and you'll be able to get a hold of Harlan directly by downloading that program guide. Harlan, you've got a lot of experience, and as I look through your website, I can tell that gee, you're one of the more polished experts in communication. Along those lines, you bring up a really good point, and I think that this is a point that as we listen in, You have the benefit of hearing tonality in our voice. We often are missing that in written communications. I think that's why we came up with the whole smiley index. At first, I thought smileys were so stupid, but that was just being blatantly, you know, judgmental. It it is really critical. I'm constantly putting smileys in my text now because I have no way of knowing how another person is feeling on the other end. And I am blatantly trying to manipulate the text to help them see that there's emotion involved in that text. So Mm -hmm. when it comes to manipulation, again, I don't think it's a wrong thing as long as we're both understanding where we're going with it. But what I was getting into just before I brought you on air, Harlan, have you found that when you sense there are strings attached to praise or gratitude, if if there's that little voice inside you that's that's watching, as you were just mentioning, that there's some sort of hook, some sort of IOU, are you more or less reluctant to let that praise in?
3: I'll accept the praise, and I will probably acknowledge that praise in some way, and then I will question what it is that they really want <laughs> in some way because part of part of communication is is that and I'll just give them a real give your listeners a real quick tip here the the art of questioning is probably one of the greatest communication tools there are and it's probably the the least used or the least understood but if i ask a question a second question maybe a third question and maybe even a fourth question about the request or try to dig a little bit i will get a whole different answer at that third or fourth question then I will offer the first one. And I'll get oh, that emotional impact and I'll get the real I'll get the real meaning behind it, or the other person's going to be on the run.
1: Ah. Uh, that's what I'm going to end up with. <laughs> yes. Yes. So your technique about ferreting out whether or not gratitude is mm-hmm. genuine or if it has some magnets in it is you begin to kind of be a, a Columbo. You start doing a little investigative researching, for lack of better mm-hmm. words, through your questioning. Yes, absolutely. And for those who who can tell the gig is up, in other words, when you start questioning, they're like, oh, crap, this guy's on to me, they generally wrap up the conversation or they depart fairly quickly.
3: Mm-hmm. Or for some reason, don't know quite how to communicate it or they're they're looking for a way to try and, uh, and be honest with you, uh, they'll answer the third or fourth question. And now your conversation has gone to a whole different level of connecting with people. And a lot of people don't want to go there. But those that do uh, eventually really become uh, fantastic friends. They become fantastic mentors and associates. They become great customers. Yes.
1: And loyal ones as well.
3: Yes. Loyal ones as well.
1: Which comes in into the receiving part. I think most people score themselves low on being receivers because they've got so many filters going on. Am I worthy? Is Do I have the ability to thank them back at the same level they're they're thanking me? I mean, there's all sorts of noise going on in there. And I'm finding that the more I can be really clean and clear about being grateful to someone and letting them know that this gratitude really does have no strings attached to it, then the doors seem to open. There's like, yeah, I can I can take this on. So I'm curious, Harlan, can you recall a point in time where, and I asked Craig the same question. I'm going to ask you the same one as well. Is there a particular moment that stands out for you in your life where you the the concept the aha around gratitude just exploded your world.
3: There's probably many of them because my background was that I was basically uh, I used to call myself a fatalist. There was no control. <laughs> I had no direction. So I remember telling one of my friends. He says, "Well, what's your goals?" He says, "Why well, do I don't have goals? What's going to happen to me is going to happen to me. It's already in the stars, if you will." And that was kind Got of my it. attitude. Coming out in my uh, late teens and uh-huh. uh, kind of the, the early 20s, it was really interesting because some people started to say good things about me instead of bad things about me. And that was different. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I started saying, hmm, could I be different? Could I be? And then I picked up, and one of the things that really, really, really turned it around, of course, is first of all, I met, met an absolutely wonderful woman that uh, straightened my head out once, was I picked up a book called Think and Grow Rich. And I said, uh-huh. think and grow rich. Yeah, you bet. You can think and grow rich. And uh, completely changed my mindset, completely changed my attitude. started me on that fact of believing that uh, there I was actually in control of my life if I chose to. Uh-huh. And now, now once I realized that, oh, I can really do control. Control. I can choose how I want to think or feel about any given thing or any given choice that I have. And all of a sudden, I started seeing things very, very differently. And gratitude became a brain food or a mind food for me, if you will. Mm, I love
1: the fact that you brought up that wonderful, juicy C word, choice. (laughs) Now, ladies and gentlemen, you have to understand, and I've said this numerous times on multiple shows. If you were to take the person I am today at 50 and sit that person down in front of who I was at 25 and you heard me talk the way we're hearing us talk on the show right now, I'd laugh you silly. I'd like, get a clue. I'll give you some money to buy a clue. This think and grow rich concept, give me a break. Well, ladies and gentlemen, all I can say is my ignorance has been blissfully shattered and... Harlan is confirming this, that yes, you can do something called choice, Mm -hmm. that predetermined life that you talked about earlier. It may very well be predetermined, but since there are literally infinite numbers of choices, you've hit the key word about pay me what I'm worth, by the way, Harlan. How you define pay and how you define worth, you choose. And if you choose each moment of every day to learn something, if you choose each moment of each day to be grateful for literally everything that has been going on in your life, you are paid what you're worth every single moment of every single day. Mm-hmm. Now, that may be a leap of faith, but we can get you there. So you made that conscious choice, Harlan, to ch- start choosing. Did you ever encounter that, oh, my God, I'm a kid in the candy store, so many choices I don't know what to choose from?
3: Well, it's like jumping in a car, having an unlimited amount of gas, and and a credit card that'll never run out. You never have to pay back. And saying, where do you want to go? The road is yours. And where do you want to go? What do you want to experience? How do you want to do that? And away you go. You jump on your Harley, and you go, and you just go see the world. Kind of like the old uh, Route sixty six film show. You got now it. I'm aging myself you got it. because if you remember that, <laughs> I do. I do. You know, yeah. Couple of guys and their vet just running around the road and always having a choice, always having choice. They could get involved or they didn't get involved. And most most of the time they chose to get involved because they were doing something good. They were trying to help somebody. They were trying to improve something. And an end result, they usually got rewarded as well. And that's the real joy or the real uh, prize about choice and about gratitude is, is that we can choose to be grateful about the things around us, and it gives us different choices. And now we can choose to uh, take that more positive road or we choose to maybe take that risk that maybe we wouldn't have before, and as a result, we gain and we have more now to give.
1: What do you do when you are faced with too many choices? How unhelp- I- Gratitude is one of those wonderful ways of being grateful for literally the abundance of choices. But can you offer our listeners what you personally do to begin to start ferreting out what's the wisest choice?
3: Well, the first thing I think you need to do there, and this is something that I do with management people, and I think it's the same thing with people, an individual or with a large corporation. And that is and, and
1: this is something you do. This is something you do. Yes. Not that what you're coaching people, but this is what you do. Okay.
3: Yeah, I do the same thing as I coach people and I do the same thing myself. And that is okay. you know, what are what are some of our core values? What's really important to us? How do we measure what we do or don't do? That's kind of like a the table with the blocks in it, you know, do I put the square hole uh-huh. take into the square hole and and what really fits for me and I use core values as part of that. And then what is it that My objective really is. What do I really want my character, my life, the things around me to really be? And if it doesn't fit with that, then I probably shouldn't be doing it. I should be making a different choice. If going into the monastery is one of my options, but that doesn't fit with uh, some of my other choices, then I probably don't do that. If I choose to get involved in something that tends to be more negative, I choose not to do that. I choose to go over here. Uh, I choose my clients. Uh, I have walked away from clients because it doesn't fit. I'm not going to get the results through this person or this organization uh, because their core values aren't fitting me or uh, they're not willing to answer that third or fourth question, for example. That's a sure. that's a red flag for me and says, I'm not going to accomplish anything, so why should I waste your time, my time, when I can go over here and choose another person and help them and actually get mm-hmm. some results for them and for me. And so when I look at it either on a uh, business level or on a personal level, what what's your objectives? What are you trying to accomplish with this life thing you call life? And do these particular choices fit? Got it.
1: So am I being simplistic in saying you're actively seeking the path of least resistance?
3: no. That would not be it at all. Matter of fact, okay. some of the choices, when you look at it and you say, you know, I need to go this direction, I need to make this particular choice, it may not be the easiest path. It may actually be challenging you and it may be quite out of your comfort zone. And it may require you to learn and develop new skills and, and do those things. And so you make that choice. Uh Just a quick example, I've been widowed for many, many years. I found myself one day with three kids, no wife, and determining what am I going to do? And of course, lots of stress, those kinds of things. But I also looked at what did I have? And what was most important to me at that time? And so... I was involved in a family business. Everybody expected me to be there forever. That was gonna be the life career for everybody because that's what everybody else did in that area. And it was at that time that I had an opportunity to go to work with Dale Carnegie International. And that was so far away from that was so different than being a hog farmer or a grain farmer, which is what I was doing at the time. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. here I am coaching and, and training people how to speak and how to communicate and how to think differently. And everybody thought I was insane that I had traveled <laughs> to Mars and back or something and come back with some yeah. strange disease. Yeah. Uh, my choices were basically I needed something that I could do that was going to continue to challenge me. I needed something that was going to allow me the freedom to be a parent and to raise my kids and be with my kids. When I needed to and when I wanted to, which this allowed me to because I was an independent contractor, it allowed me to also develop some additional skills to help my kids so they could be better parents. They could grow up to be better kids, better parents, and better business people if they so chose. And so those were some of the things that I was looking at. And, of course, it offered me unlimited financial rewards as well. So that was the choices I made. Uh, Rather than staying comfortable... And everybody would have obviously said, well, it's obvious. That's what he he was. That's what he does. That's what everybody else does. So stay in the pack, stay in the the herd, if you will, and just be one of the other people there. But I made a different choice because my values were different than that. If that's a good example for you or not there.
1: I purposely, for lack of better words, baited you because for many people, I think one of the things that I've seen within the more new thought world or kind of a new age mentality is that everything is supposed to be absolutely seamless and effortless and literally fall out of the sky and into your lap and so forth and so on. And yes, it can be. I mean, I'm not saying that that's not mm-hmm. the case. What I'll never forget the time, for example, I was uh, sitting on a plane and I happened to sit next to the president of the distribution company, for a very popular DVD at the time, I mean, widely very popular DVD. And when she learned of who I am and what I do, she was very intrigued as to what I thought of this particular very popular DVD. And I said, well, quite honestly, it's it's doing a disservice to very powerful tools for the law of attraction. And what I mean by that is if you've not done your work, if you have not, actually got into that zone of doing some personal work and some spiritual awakening and some professional development work, which you you do with your clients, these laws of attraction are going to seem like snake oil because Mm -hmm. they're not working. Mm -hmm. You know, what people do not... See behind you is literally the decades' worth of training that you've had, the experiences that you've had, the support that you've had. You make it look easy. To me, an expert is someone who makes something very difficult look like a piece of cake. Mm -hmm. Then I know you're an expert. (laughs) But that path was no way easy. There were some hard choices to make. There were some bumps you had to travel. You might have Mm -hmm. skimmed your nose and bumped your knee. But it was, what I'm hearing from you, well worth
3: it. I'll just make this comment, that I'm not necessarily a proponent of the law of attraction. I rather think of it of the law of awareness. Yep. And the law of awareness yep. simply says, here's where I want to go, and because I now know where I want to go, where I am, I see I need this skill, I need this understanding, I need this tool, and as I'm walking down this rocky path, Uh, oh, there it is, I can choose now to pick that up, master it, which takes effort, which takes time, and then continue on my path, and now I have more tools and more skills so I can get up this path faster, and I can probably climb higher. So it's more that I'm now aware so I see the things I need rather than those things suddenly magically come into me. I'm working at finding and discovering and making them work for me.
1: I'm just wrinkling up my face with smiles as you're saying this. Ladies and gentlemen, listening in, and thank you for listening in once again. I'm so smiling here, Harlan, because you just nailed what Pay Me What I'm Worth is all about. This book Mm -hmm. is basically all about your ability to raise your awareness of who are you, what do you have, verifying the fact that you do have it, where do you want to go, and how do you want to get there? And most mm-hmm. people make a fatal error, fatal error that this book is all about, just getting a raise. And it's like, oh, honey, that's one of many things are <laughs> happening there. So we've just got a few minutes left, and I really want to tackle into Can you share with listeners um, how gratitude has just totally reshaped your life? Or maybe I'm
3: making an assumption here. Maybe it hasn't. I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, there's been so many times, and I'll uh... – I'll relate back to uh, a personal story, and that's when, my, when I first lost my wife. You know, I was uh, three kids. Uh, we had a child that was 18 months, and I woke up one morning and she didn't. That's oh, one experience wow. you don't ever want to have. Wow. But, wow. Uh, but I made business that was in trouble because of some uh, other things. I had another business that we had started. My wife had a business. We had three kids. And so all of a sudden, you can imagine the load that was kind of dumped on one person at that time. And just to give yeah. you a quick idea, about a year later, I was going through some mental health information and it had a scale, a stress scale. And so anybody that's dealing uh-huh. with stress may appreciate this. Uh, they took everything and they put a, a note to it. And straitjacket or institutional rate was around 175 to 225. If you were at that stress level, you probably needed to be institutionalized or have some real significant help. I was over 300. Uh-huh. And I was still functioning. And starting another business. So that is the that is the power of gratitude. Because yeah. I had I had no choice but to keep looking at what did I have. I lost a wonderful woman, I lost this great partner, I lost a lot of things, but I also had a lot of things. And it was constantly focusing on what I had and focusing on my kids and focusing on making a better life for all of us that kept me going forward and was probably the major change factor in my entire life. So it was a tragic loss, and yet how I chose to deal with it caused the greatest change in my life by looking at the gratitude.
1: Beautiful story. And, And for those listening in, I have to remind you that at no point in time do I ever want to fall into the trap of judgment I will never know all there is that needs to know to make a judgment about anything. But what I'm hearing you, Harlan, is you chose a path that most people seem to miss and that most people generally will fall into the victim trap. You know, I'm the victim of, this happened Mm in woe is me type of thing. And Mm -hmm. misery certainly does love company. Boy, the number of hours (laughs) I've spent hearing people while away and chew their cud, but you chose differently. You chose to go, you know what? Yes. The doo-doo did hit the fan, but the fan is still running, and it does provide a breeze, and I'm going to set sail with that breeze.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. That's Excellent. really a, a beautiful way, way to, settle it, to uh, summarize that and what it mm. is. And that's what I very, very hard, uh, very much uh, have. I tell that story a lot of times to inspire other people. They've got a choice. Ah, uh, yes. I don't care what yes. it is that happens to you. You still have choice. <laughs> And you can yes. choose to be a victim, or you can choose the tougher path, which is to crawl out of that and become something else.
1: Yes. And we've got an expert in telling us more about that evolutionary process coming up in just a couple of minutes. I have an internationally renowned Shaman Lionfire about to speak to that. Hold on, Lionfire. We'll get to you in just a second. But before we go, Harlan, my face continues to be all wrinkled up and smiling with the, the, the sheer... <laughs> stories that you've had. I, I have no doubts I'm going to have to pester you again in the future.
3: Well, I would be more than open and be more great than grateful for that.
1: Wonderful.
3: Wonderful. Mahalo. Bye for now. I'll to you.
1: All right. Well, we have up next with us a gentleman that I know could not be doing what he's doing if he had not dove into the deepest end of gratitude that there possibly could be. I'd like to welcome to the show colleague Lionfire. Lionfire, welcome to the show.
4: Thank you, Soul Dancer. It's a pleasure to be here and an honor as well. Oh, hello. We had Lionfire on a different show many, many months ago, talking about a variety of things.
1: On this show, we're talking about manipulation and gratitude. And from a shamanic slash more spiritual bent, we're going to dive into that, and I'm curious, Lionfire, I mentioned that you couldn't be doing what you're doing right now if it weren't for healthy doses of gratitude, because I've known you for so long, and I know what you have had to go through in your life, and as we were just talking about with uh, Harlan, a lot of people adopt the victim mentality, and wow, I see the ability to see See or taste or touch or feel gratitude just gets snuffed out when that victim energy is swirling around them. Am I off kilter? What do you think about that thought?
4: You're absolutely correct. And what happens is people have a loss of their power from their sacral chakra, which is your seat of your confidence, and you start to form self doubt and think that you are no longer deserving of good things, but you're deserving of, of the bad things that you receive. And it's a, a way that we get twisted into believing that we're a victim. Perhaps we were, but we can turn that around in as much as reclaiming your power and perhaps understanding that it wasn't your fault. Ah, yes.
1: Early on in my shamanic training, one of the things that I did fall into is the victim trap. Who? Why did I get picked? Why am I the one who has to do this? I mean, geez, you know, I could be sitting in front of the TV, surfing the channels. I could be out there clicking around on the web. Why me? I'm curious, in your own path of being the recognized shaman that you are, did you ever fall into that why me mentality? did you feel like you're being manipulated and dragged, kicking and screaming into what you're
4: doing absolutely and (laughs) i think every single one of us that is on this path has that feeling from time to time i had several channelings and messages that came to me through some very powerful and trusted sources that i just couldn't handle you know and i would go to other of my mentors and shamanic elders and say not no but no i'm not ready for this i don't want this um this isn't what i'm all about after a while of fighting it you you pretty much figure out that well maybe that's why i've gone through everything i've gone through to get to this point so that i can become that person that can both help himself and help others and be a teacher as well as a student along the way. Mm, yeah.
1: So you looked at the, the manipulative or the possibility of being manipulated in a way that at first wasn't all that comfortable, but then you began to realize, whoa, wait a minute, this is for my better development, and then you befriended it. Did I hear that correctly?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and sometimes you can do that right away. Sometimes it takes a while to process. And sometimes you end up fighting it for weeks, months, even years. But eventually what usually happens is that you have an epiphany at some point in your life and you have a better understanding of who, what, when, where, why, and how. And then you're able to accept it. Can you share one of
2: those
1: epiphanies? Can you give our listeners a little bit of a one of those aha moments for yourself?
4: Well, secret information spiritually is just that, depending upon your path and your awareness of that path and your experience, you can read a passage in a book or see a movie and the second, third, fourth, fifth time, maybe you you read that scripture or that piece in that book or see that movie, all of a sudden you go, I never saw that before or I never understood that before or wow, I finally got it. So epiphanies are kind of like that. And so that information stays secret. It can be right in front of your face. But until you're ready to receive that information, it will not reveal itself to you. I'm wondering if you mind if I share with listeners how you and I got acquainted? Go for it.
1: That'd be great. Okay. Uh, Lionfire signed up for one of the retreats that I held here on the Big Island.
0: And had I known of Lionfire's
1: bio when he signed up, I would have said no, largely because you would have freaked me out. It's like, why on earth would a man with your credentials, your background, the person who you are, who am I to help you? I probably would have freaked out and said, you know, I think our class is full. Uh, Maybe I I can bring you in on a future one. I don't know if I've ever told you that.
4: No, not really, but that's great. (laughs) You had told me that you probably wouldn't have done it because I know too much, but that's all. Okay,
1: well... Now, knowing that, I guess one of the things that I stepped into that role of manipulation was is sneaky spirit out there, as I call it, put you in my path to say, shut up and get to work. <laughs> Whether or not you got anything out of that retreat experience, I, who's to say? I know we always have those warm and touchy feelings right after that. it's all done. Years later, looking back on what you experienced, Can you say that you definitely found Spirit working its way through both of us through that retreat, that we both were manipulated in a way that may have been unknown to us at the time, but now we're becoming known as to what was happening, and that helped us become even
4: more grateful as to who we are and what we're doing? Did that question make any sense? Well, absolutely, and I don't see any doubt whatsoever that we were manipulated by spirit. And those of us that are on a medicine path, regardless of what your focus is, we are manipulated by spirit. I mean, I've had people say, well, spirit wouldn't ask me to do anything I didn't want to do. Well, of course, spirit asks us to do things we don't want to do all the time. I mean, look at your scriptures around the world. I don't care what tradition it's in. It's full of all kinds of stories about the God entities, goddess entities asking of certain things from men. And we don't always want to do what they ask, but ultimately we're here to serve and we're here to surrender to that service. And what we had to do together at your conference, your shamanic gathering, your teaching that we did there in Hawaii was exactly what I needed because at that point in time, I needed the healing. I needed to know that there were others of us out there because I've been flying by the seat of my pants out here in the great American outback with very little support for a long time. And it was important for me to get Cleared and get plugged in, as it were, to people like you so that we could begin to work together for the benefit of more of humanity that can come to us for assistance.
1: Oh, you just brought in some wonderful, juice. juicy, juicy stuff. Plugged in. Plugged in. I love that word, plugged in. We're always plugged in. I mean, quite honestly, if I ever have the illusion that I'm not plugged in, it's only because I'm being really stupid. But I think gratitude is that receptacle. It's that it, 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 To plug into gratitude means I am now hardwired into the most powerful resource or one of the most powerful resources that we have as human beings. What
4: are your thoughts on that statement? You're absolutely correct, Soul Dancer. And it's sometimes a matter of figuring out how to uh, turn it off and on so that you can get enough rest for your physical body, too. Uh, Oh, that minor detail. (laughs) And the other side of that is that a huge amount of the population is either not awake and or are just waking up. So the term like being plugged in and uh, activated, if you will, is a process.
1: Well, that brings up a good point. Let's give you a visualization. You have a TV that's plugged into the outlet, meaning you can turn it on. But Correct. this TV has no, no cable or no antenna, or at least none that we can perceive. That might be the equivalency of not being fully awakened or awakening state. But the moment you turn on that antenna, once you go, oh, my God, I have an antenna, or, oh, my God, I'm plugged into cable service, and it is on, then there's that awakening moment. It's like I'm part of something bigger. Would you say that by adopting gratitude, you begin to fear less and appreciate more the
4: vastness of what we do have? versus what we don't have? Yes, well, and like I said, it's a process, it's an education, it's a learning, it's a knowing, it's an understanding, and then it's a wisdom. Those are all steps in a process. Yes, you have to to want the TV, you have to ask for the TV, you have to get it, you have to know that you have the electricity in your house, you have to plug it in. Okay, what are the other pieces that I need? How do I get them? Where do I get them? Who do I get them from? What is their cost? You get all the pieces. You put it all together. And once you have the full package, you can turn it on. And then things happen and you have different channels you can, quote, plug into. And then there are other packages with more information that you can receive. So then it it becomes, after a certain point of that awakening, then it is a determination of what your interests are, what your focus is as to where you go from there. But getting from point A to point D is a step process that you really can't change much. You have to get the TV, mm-hmm. you have to have the electricity, you have to have the antenna, et cetera, et cetera, to make it work. But after that, then you have the options, surf and add more. Yes,
1: and then and that's what Harlan and I were just talking about. And by the way, I see Harlan is still here. Harlan, I'm going to put you back on live because I just realized if you press the one key again on your phone, I wouldn't know that you want to ask a question. So I, you're back on live. I told you he was going to be back soon, so here he is. I'm curious, Harlan, what you're hearing so far, kind of like Lionfire was just saying more or less what you do with folks is you make a plan, you get focused, you then begin to work and operate on that plan, but you keep a mindful eye. Now, Lionfire, what I'm hearing you say, what I'm intuiting that you haven't said yet is, is even though you have a plan, you buy the TV, you get the resources, you plug it in, and so forth and so on, Harlan and I were talking earlier about that the concept of, of gratitude can be very much like being a kid in a candy store, and how do we begin to pick if we've got that cable TV, which channel are we going to watch, Lionfar, well, I know that your path has been a very divergent one. I mean, my God, there's even figurines of you now. I mean, had, if someone were to have told you years ago that someone was going to make a figurine of you, what would you have thought?
4: Actually, because of my stage and theater experience, it probably wouldn't have surprised me as much as it does now because I haven't been performing for 15 years, so uh, it's all kind of a giggle, and uh, it's just spirit telling me on several levels that I'm supposed to get back into the public eye because I'm needed right now. Very true. So, mm-hmm. how have
1: you kept your eye on your what you consider to be your prize? How have
4: you maintained your
1: drumbeat such that it
4: doesn't beat you up? Hmm, I'm not sure that I have. <laughs> 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 it's a roller coaster. I mean, it, it's kind of like the tide. It comes and goes like anything else that's a living, breathing entity on the planet. It has its modes and its seasons, etc. Yeah, I'm being a bit silly there, but it's also a, a truth because... You can have as many shields as you want, but if you're going to be out there and you're going to truthfully be doing the work, then you are going to be vulnerable to some point. There's a lot of not nice stuff out there that we have to deal with and deal with it and uh, keep our chin up as much as we possibly can and heal when we need to and ask for help, which is often the hardest thing for People like you and I soul answer to ask for, but when we need it, we ask for it and we get it. And we keep on trucking. We can't do anything else because what all of us do is way too important to stop doing it. And we have to continue teaching those that are ready for us to help them and assist them in mm-hmm. getting up to their potential
3: well, I was just wondering, Line Fire. If you sometimes see this, I kind of see this as a staircase. We're we're all climbing up the staircase. We we kind of have an understanding of what the stair, where we're going, but each step is going to be different, and we may actually have to go off to the left or the right sometimes to get up that stair because it's not a straight up staircase. It's it's constantly wondering, it's constantly twisting and turning, and we we still understand where we want to go. But that path will change because there's different people that need things, or there's different callings that we have as we're extending that staircase. Uh, would that be a, a fair description from your standpoint, Linefire?
4: Exactly, and it's the important thing is that the staircase is spiraling upward, and not to get plateaued out or stopped. Or one of my favorite ways to describe all of this is you have to dance. You have to dance those stairs. One of the things that I learned from some of my spiritual time in the Yucatan with the Maya and with the ancient sites down there is that one day I was on top of this really massive pyramid that frankly was not put together well. But I looked down the pyramid and there didn't seem to be any consistency in the steps until I got up on... ...to a different way of looking at it, and I went, oh, it's music. And so then I danced down the pyramid, creating an ethereal, a spiritual, an astral, mental, sacred music... ...by the way I danced down the pyramid. And when I got down to the bottom of the pyramid, I turned around and it was like the pyramid said... Thank you. No one's done that for me in a thousand years. And then I taught that dance to Drunvalo Melchizedek's chakra tour that I guided to the people on that tour. And although they were too intimidated to do it on that pyramid because it was a real shaky pyramid, we went to another site and they all went to look at the site And later, Drunvalo and I came in, and we looked up, and here were 70 people all over this beautiful sacred site in the Yucatan dancing the music of the pyramids. So it's very similar to that. You have to learn to dance those steps. And regardless of what happens, I mean, yes, you can fall into depression. You can fall off. You can stumble, but the important thing is to keep your focus, get your balance back, stay in joy, and dance the pyramid and the stairs of life.
1: You know, it's, That's it's beautiful. So funny. I, I, as soon as you said that, Harlan, I thought of Harry Potter's what in the movie where they're showing the school and those staircases always moving around. It's like, oh, oh, gee, oh, now, okay, I like this. I like this.
4: Exactly.
1: Now, have either one of you two fallen into this paradoxical relationship with gratitude, such that we are given so much so often that to say no seems to be disrespectful? Is that Have you ever tackled or fallen into that paradox, saying no? and feeling like you're
4: disrespecting something because you're being given so much? Absolutely. You bet. You know, there have been times when you just feel like you can't take any more, and one of the cardinal rules is with spiritual teachings is that you're never given more than you can handle. But when you're in the middle of handling it, sometimes you have to You just say, no, 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 stop, no more. And then when it's shut off, it's like, oh, my God, how do I turn it back on again?
3: <laughs> yeah. Well,
4: yep. So I would gotta agree. Learn to, you got to learn to ride the waves. It's important. That fine art of surfing. And, and I think one of the things that I have found, and, and Harlan, you brought this up wonderfully, and that
1: is focus. Because there is so much to do, and there is so, for lack of better words, a sense of time to do it. Mm-hmm. There seems to be all sorts of demand placed upon my time. And a little trick I learned a long, 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 long time ago is, okay, if I'm supposed to do this, you literally have got to give me everything I need to do it effortlessly. And if that's not the case, take a number, come back when everything's in play. And it seems to have thinned things out. It's like I've learned to discern that it's ironic because Blindfire and Harlan, you have both brought up the very statement that pretty much pulled the under my feet about writing to Amy Weddingworth. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to write it and, because, along the lines of that, everything's already been written. If you just go back in your texts of some type, it's all been written. I don't need to add more noise. And a very wise author said, Well, basically, that may be true, but the fact is, is you have your own unique way of saying it. And so you must say it that aha moment that we were talking about before. People may have heard the same thing over and over and over again, but as soon as Harlan says it or Lionfire says it and I say it, one of us might be that person where they'll finally hear it. So I've learned that gratitude is a way of fine-tuning and appreciation literally for everything. And for those listening in, if you're at a point in your life where you don't think there's enough of anything, you don't have enough money, you don't have enough time. You don't have enough healthy relationships, starting with yourself. You don't have, you don't have, you don't have. If, you, if you're if you on this gerbil wheel of you don't have, I'm going to ask you for a moment, if it's possible, to slow that wheel down long enough for you to get off, and look what you do have. And Harlan, you brought that up numerous times. And Lionfire, I think in a different way, you've brought that up a number of ways. We do have so much, and it's honoring that. Well, Empire, I'm curious, how do
4: you suggest people slow down that I-don't-have mentality? The first thing you have to do is turn it into something positive and stop reinforcing the fact that you don't have something. And when you are asking Great Spirit, God, Jesus, Buddha, dot, 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 goddess, fill in the blank, when you're asking your higher gods and goddesses, For a request, ask for it in a thanks, in a gratitude, and say thank you for the health you have sent me. Thank you for the prosperity of good things that you have sent me. If you've got somebody that's on your shirt sleeve pulling at it going, gimme, 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 I want, I want, I want, I want, I want, you're not going to want to pay attention to them. But if you're a higher being and you've got minions underneath you and they're thanking you for something, you're much more likely to pay attention to them. So honor them in that way. Give them respect in that way and thank them for what you have and thank them for what you want as though you already have it.
1: Mm-hmm. So if that seems elusive to you, I'm going to ask you to try something. This is something I do literally any I am even foolish enough to think that I'm going to send out invitations to have a pity party. <laughs> I just sit in my chair and I take a deep breath. And I recognize that I have the ability to not only breathe, but to feel the results of that breath. And I stop and I think to myself, there are people in this world who don't have that ability. And not having that ability means I do die. And so being mindful of the fact that I have the gift of breath, and that breath is only there because literally hundreds of trillions of things, unbeknownst to me, have gone through various processes to create the air that I breathe. And if I can't take a moment in my day to be grateful for the air that I breathe, oh. I don't want to go down that path. (laughs) (laughs) That level of ungratitude kicks me in the butt every single time. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. in the couple of minutes that we have left, Lionfire, thank you for being on the line, and, and Harlan, thank you for sticking with us. Any thoughts that you want to offer around gratitude that we missed so far, anything that comes to mind?
3: Well, I would like to, to say this, and then I'd certainly like to see what Lionfire says. I think that gratitude is probably the most powerful mind food, if you want to think about it. Because when you're in that gratitude mode and you're looking at what you have and being thankful for what you have, not always looking for what you don't have and wishing you had something else, uh, it does it sets up a complete different mindset and a very positive mindset, which allows you now to be aware of all the things around you and all those other opportunities that you don't you aren't aware of when you're crowded with the I want. I would really appreciate it if if Lionfire could maybe respond to that or add to that.
4: Certainly. First thing I would say is be thankful for yourself. People forget to thank themselves. People don't love themselves enough. It's time for people to love themselves. It's Difficult to love others if you don't have a security about who you are and a love for yourself. And also be careful with your words. Stop using words like, I'm trying to do something. Say, I'm working on it. Trying is a feedback loop that gets you nowhere. Keep your words positive. Be careful what you say. And be gentle and kind. Look people in the eye and smile it may make their day.
1: Mm. As we begin to conclude, gratitude is much like nature in a healthy sense of if you've ever noticed that that is good for us helps us learn and grow and prosper in a way that it doesn't diminish something else. That That is not always the best for us. If you really pay attention to it, if you start just observing it, there's telltale signs that it will consume us, much like a fire. When you stop and look at a fire, a fire at the bare bones needs fuel and air. As soon as all the air is gone or all the fuel is gone, the fire will consume itself. It will burn itself out eventually. Conversely, I look at so far, hopefully we haven't damaged this beyond repair, but we have an ecosystem that continuously gives us enough oxygen so that the plants and the animals, the birds, the creepy crawlers, all those things that rely on air can continue to prosper and grow. And in our process of prospering and growing, we give back that of what it needs to create that air. So when it comes to gratitude, just being mindful that we indeed, every single day, by the fact that you've woken up and you have air to breathe, we have one thing to be grateful for. And if that's all it takes for you to start your treasure hunt, we talked earlier at the top of the hour, this treasure hunt, treating life as a treasure hunt. Each day, how many different treasures can you really find? That you can be truly grateful for? Is it that that smile that you saw that Lionfire mentioned that you might have smiled to someone who smiled to someone who smiled to someone who smiles back at you? Hmm. Interesting to think about that. We are at a turning point. The key, the pin code to the abundance that is, seems to be on everyone's mind, that pin code, that key, is spelled out in English in the form of the word gratitude. It's there. It's always been there. It is a mindset. Gratitude has no other option but to fully awaken everything and everyone it touches. And when you stop and think about what your life is like, and you stop and think about what you want your life to be, gratitude is those bricks between the two that will get you there. So with that thought in mind, Lionfire, Harlan, thank you for joining the show. Indeed. Indeed
4: thank you very much final thoughts before we wrap up enjoy people enjoy Baraka Bashad may the blessings be and be safe and be kind love you, thank you Mm -hmm. Mahalo thank you I would
3: would say just simply make the choices that show love to others
1: Mm -hmm. well done well done take a moment now to close your eyes and just ponder your definition of gratitude and ponder your definition of manipulation. I'm going to invite you to allow that that which you call spirit in whatever form to allow your ability to be open to being manipulated by your own inner voice, your own consciousness. And as the We have both just heard being kind, being loving, listen to those voices. Allow your life to be massaged gently, consistently, into being the most brilliant person you're capable of being with what you have right now. That is the goal of Pay Me What I'm Worth, is to be the most brilliant person you can possibly be with what you have right now and allow that abundance, that gratitude to supply you
0: with what you need, when you need it, in the form that you need it instantly. Thanks again for listening. I look forward to hearing from you. You can offer feedback in a variety of ways. The easiest way to leave feedback is just leave your comments in the comment box below here on the Blog Talk Radio Show page. You are also welcome to come visit pay411.co. Again, the word pay the numbers 411 PAY411.co.com.co. You can come out to the site and poke around and download some free stuff as well. And once again, a reminder please do listen to any of the on demand shows to dive into our archives. Every single show that we've done over the past four years has information to help you learn how to be paid what you're worth with ease and grace. And of course, I look forward to seeing you in class. We start classes every week. So no matter where you are at in your journey with Pay Me What I'm Worth, you're fully supported. I look forward to meeting you. Aloha.